Mark! Yes. It is so good to see you again. I'm back! For you listeners, it has only been a week, but today we're recording on September 8th, and we have not recorded since July 20th. Yeah. So it has been an age. It's been a long time since Will and I looked at each other's beautiful faces across our dining room table. It's so long since I reached out to stroke Mr. Lep. Well, I mean, when did you record with Fiona and Mora? We forgot to have Mr. Lep with us. <gasps> I think he was on a date. Oh, probably. Yeah, you know Mr. Lep. Rapscallion. He's the cat about town. But yeah, so it's been a long time since we sat around this table and groaned about our hatred of Maid of Honor. Uh. And since then, you have been a Maid of Honor. I have indeed. Was it everything Patrick Dempsey promised? No, because they didn't really show the actual wedding part, which required a lot of work. The dress trains are much heavier than you think. And really? And I had to really, like, lift it up to get it off the ground during pictures. Interesting. Yeah. But did you, like, I don't know, get a sex toy saleswoman for this event? Did you no, ride a horse to the wedding? I tried, but everyone's like, you need to stop pulling focus from Suzanne because I just look so good. So I, I mean, your name down. was above the title. If my, I can take that movie to go by. Oh, for sure. Obviously. Suzanne was like second build, though. So not first build? No. I demanded a bigger trailer. Okay, good. I just wanted to be sure that you got what you deserved. Oh, of course. So, of course, it's been like a month and a half since we have talked to each other. You see any good movies in that window? I saw Crazy Rich Asians. Ooh. Which, fantastic film. It made me so homesick. In case you guys didn't know, I went to high school in Singapore. Oh, that's right. film is set. And they showed so many, like, everywhere they showed that wasn't someone's house, I've basically been to. So, all the stuff they were showing. You were on the, uh tanker in the middle of the ocean where they threw the big party yeah obviously were you at that party yeah i was an extra they flew no me out there you know that's where i've been for the past month <laughs> that explains it yeah because they filmed it in international waters <laughs> they filmed it in international waters the day before it came out okay that's how filming works right yeah uh, yeah. That's how it worked in The Thin Man. They did one shot every time. True enough. But yeah, when I say that, I say the actual on-location stuff, which there isn't a ton of, but the establishing shots, like I've been on the top of the sands. I've been to Chimes, where they had the wedding, which is actually not a church. It's just an event space. And the rest of the convent, because it's an old convent, is like high-end restaurants and Interesting. shops. Because that's why there's the J in it. Like, that was the convent of the Holy Infant Jesus. Oh, okay. Which is what the convent was and then they kept that j in there cool i was thinking of our show because i saw a mission impossible fallout which was awesome was it great it was great i had never seen a mission impossible movie before i just heard it was cool see it in imax so i did michelle monaghan was there she was good in it she was in the theater with you um we held hands okay it was awesome uh, i feel a little cheated on but I, it's I, fine. I gave her hand a little squeeze every time she appeared on screen and eventually she asked me to please stop touching her <laughs> fair <laughs> um but it's okay she has my number i put it in her phone uh, i have not heard from her since <laughs> uh tinder dates are so awkward it's really unfortunate yeah <laughs> but yeah i saw a ton of movies now i'm back in school so i'm seeing fewer movies because <laughs> they want me to teach and work yeah i'm sure you're so great at that yeah but i'm still trying to see like at least one a week and this week i watched this movie this movie oh boy all right oh man well before we get into that, it's time for Heart of Fondness. I'm Mark and I'm gay. And I am Will and I'm a ginger. And this is a podcast where we delve deep into cinematic love stories to answer the age-old question. Does Hollywood romance actually make any sense? 
And are these people actually dateable? Or even likable? You know what, Mark? It doesn't matter if the romance is a main plot, which it is in this movie, but it might have been better if it were a one-scene flirtation. There's so many things that could have made this movie better. We're going to dig in and see what's there. And this week, we're doing a listener request. Well, it's really more of a listener demand. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, requested fairly aggressively via Twitter by listener Caitlin E. I also want you guys to know, when Will says it doesn't matter if the romance is a main plot, he gestures to me like it's the first time he says it every single time. That's what makes it real. It's what makes it believable. Yeah, I've got to sell the the audience. (laughs) But... I'm usually waving my arms when I'm talking on this show. Oh, yeah. Especially the oyster thing from the Thin Man episode. I forgot about that. That was perhaps my greatest triumph. As you can tell, Will and I are loath to talk about this film, so we'll find any reason not to. I watched it in two chunks. I was at a high school football game last night, got home late, watched the first hour of it, said, no more of this, (laughs) and then went to sleep, and I set an alarm for Saturday so I could wake up to watch it before we recorded. This movie, I swear the writer and director had a full checklist of every single goddamn rom-com cliche and seriously had to check them off without even any sort of lampshade, hanging, subversion, anything like that. So the writer, that's entirely possible. The only other movie he wrote was 102 Dalmatians. Is that the live action? The live action one, yeah. Which I have not seen. I've seen the live action 101 Dalmatians, which is fun. Yeah, Glenn Close is a she's great Cruella Deville. Yeah, um, but I have not seen 102, and he also wrote a movie that has not been produced. This is Wikipedia. This is how much they're scraping. Yeah, <laughs> they got he wrote 102 Dalmatians, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, and the yet to be produced Shoe Addicts Anonymous. Oh God. Which sounds like a real gem. Yeah. The worst offense to me in this movie was during the opening titles. That montage is heinous. They show her doing something like the clumsy girl, never referenced again in the entire goddamn movie. She's not clumsy. She trips when she's putting a duvet cover on or something stupid like that. It is never once brought up. It's one of those tropes that's like meant to humanize these people, which there were a lot of. Oh, yeah. And that was... I like it when Matthew McConaughey is good with kids i like it when she eats a burger because she's a real person well that comes back because later she claims to be a vegetarian yeah so that's showing you ah it's a lie yeah this would be a good episode to have fiona on actually yeah but the the worst to me was definitely the tripping in the opening titles yeah i just hated those opening titles were so ugly yeah they were hideous as these uh composure magazines are like floating across the screen like a bad screensaver (laughs) I think this was even ugly for the time. Yeah, I think so too. It's also like just bland to look at in general. Like it's another brightly lit mid-2000s rom-com with a weird complicated premise. Yeah, I got lost. Not gonna lie. There were a few times where I was like, wait, I really am not understanding. I think they occasionally lost track of whether they were tricking each other or were actually into each other. And not in a like, ah, the characters are being torn, but like, I think they legitimately forgot which scenes were which. Yeah, I would totally buy that. So this movie is How to Lose a Guy with 10 Days. Uh, It is a movie in which people try to trick each other. We'll get into all of that. It's directed by Donald Petrie, who... Also directed Mystic Pizza and Miss Congeniality. Miss Congeniality, I stand by. I have not seen it. As a very fun movie. He also directed one of my most anticipated movies of the fall. You can take your Star is Born. You can take your Mary Queen of Scots. You can take your you Aquaman. Take my Mary Queen of Scots. You want Aquaman? He's yours. 
I'm here for Little Italy. This is a movie. It is a Romeo and Juliet adaptation. No! It's set in Toronto. It's a Canadian movie. It's coming out at the end of September. It stars Hayden Christensen and Emma Roberts. No! As the young heirs of two rival pizza chains in Toronto. And they fall in love, but have to hide their love from their families who would never trust somebody from the other rival pizza chain. Oh my god. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. It sounds like the only Romeo and Juliet adaptation left. Right. They found the last one. This is also the answer to the question, where has Hayden Christensen been? It's like he made Looper and, no, Jumper. Jumper. And then he jumpered out of existence, but into Toronto. Oh my god. But also Mary Queen of Scots looks amazing. Oh, it looks great. I'm so excited. I'm super into it. Yeah. So this movie is based on a book. Okay. But it's one of those, like, joke children's books. One of the things, like, All My Friends Are Dead. Where it's, like, yeah. set up like a picture book, but is about a silly adult thing. So the book was called How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, but it was just, like, tips on it. So it didn't have a narrative. Oh, yeah. And that came out in 1998. Isn't that kind of what He's Just Not That Into You is? I have not seen that movie. No, I mean, like, the book form, where it's actually a book about, like, tips for he's... Just not that into you. If you say so. Isn't that Gary Marshall? Who did that one? I think it's someone else. Um, they also did a sequel book in 2007 called How to Get a Guy in 10 Days. So if that's something you're looking for, that is out there. The movie opened February 7th, 2003. It did really well financially, even if critics rightly did not love it. It opened at number one with $23 million. And it went on to make $177 million. Oh my god. $177 million worth of people saw this in theaters in 2003. I would like to point out, three months later, approximately zero people went to see Down With Love, a much better film. Oh my god, the whole time I was just thinking, wow, I'd rather be watching Down With Love I was again. like, what if you took all of the worst parts of Down With Love, of which there are few, and combined it with all of the worst parts of Hitch? And you would have this movie. Yeah. I will say, I get this confused with how to lose friends and alienate people a lot, which I think is a better movie from what I've heard. I don't know. It has Simon Pegg in it. Simon Pegg's always fun. He was really good in Mission Impossible. Yeah, he's always good in those. Yes, he is in it. He is the lead? Huh. Oh, it also has Kirsten Dunst in it. That sounds fun. Yeah. Okay, so... This is a good cast. Sorry. No worries. Should we talk about this movie so that we can soon not talk about this movie? Yeah, let's talk about this movie. Oh, weird other fun fact. Gwyneth Paltrow was originally attached to lead in this movie. I can't tell if that would have been better or worse, to be honest. I feel like it would have been the same. Probably the same. Yeah. Did you know Kate Hudson is Goldie Hawn's daughter? I did not know that. I didn't know that until I was really bored and looking for things to do and Googling Kate Hudson to pass the time. I did not know that. You can tell more when her hair is curled, like after the shower. Yeah. You can definitely see it more, but yeah, fun fact. Interesting. Well, that's okay, cool. let's talk about this movie. Let's talk Jesus about this Christ. movie. So, How to Lose a Guy with 10 Days. It starts with this hideous montage of Kate Hudson, who plays Andy Anderson. So we're already on that level of writing. Yeah. She plays Andy Anderson, and she's, like, going around living her life and then taking the stuff from her life to write articles, how-to articles for Composure Magazine, which is clearly Cosmo. Um, 
I have a question. Yes. Does Cosmo exist in this world? Because it's the fastest growing women's magazine. So it's not the, like, dominant one. Right. I think they're, like, a rival to Cosmo. Yeah. I think that Cosmo, mu- like, things like that must exist. Because, I mean, Cosmo's been around for a century more, right. or more. So clearly that can't be the fastest growing, so. Right. So she works for Composure Magazine. There's this really hideous montage. But she doesn't want to be writing these, like how to make your man love you articles. She wants to be writing about how to bring peace to Tajikistan. Yeah, this one random white girl in New York who... She's got the solution. It's funny because, like, she writes how-to articles and she doesn't just have how to deal with your life. She's got how to bring peace to Tajikistan. Yeah, she thinks she's solved Tajikistan. Which, also, I really was not sure what's happening in Tajikistan at this point, but I feel like in 2003, there were some more pressing international crises to be focused on but that's just me this is february 2003 three months from then president bush will be able to announce mission accomplished so other problems will be dealt with focus on tajikistan okay so so yeah so she thinks she's got this solution and somehow she's like look i write how-to columns so composure magazine is clearly gonna just on a whim publish my bring peace to tajikistan article she's dumb yeah She's just dumb. And, like, there is a space to do politically conscious stuff in those kinds of magazines. You look at the work that, like, Teen Vogue does today. Yeah. But it is stuff that is still related to what they are talking about. And also, it's not their how-to column. Like, it's right. not the... the I know you could do it as a feature. Syndicated, but it's not in their, like, weekly columns that you do these big stories. Right. You do it as, like, a feature. Yeah. Here's what's going on. Yeah. Here's how it connects to what we're all about. Right. So she wants to write her Bring Peace to Tajikistan, and her editor's like, no way are you writing this article. Played by B.B. Newirth, who looks like current day St. Vincent, like the same hairstyle. Yeah. Right? Yeah, she does. The supporting cast of this movie is very strange. It's all people I really like. Yeah, this is Katherine Hahn's first movie. It's her first one. Yeah. She's I, good at it. She's good. Catherine Hahn is good this at it. This is one of the most quintessential Catherine Hahn roles. <laughs> she it? plays the, like, crazy best friend with emotional problems, but also gets to be a weird therapist. I love the therapist scene for her. Yeah. It's great. So her editor tells her she has to stay on topic, stay on brand until she's had a hit. Yeah. And so they're just, like, trying to figure out what she should do. Meanwhile, Catherine Hahn is upset because her boyfriend dumped her. And so Catherine Hahn, like, doesn't even want to leave her apartment. Her boyfriend of one and a half weeks. Her boyfriend of one and a half weeks. We see Catherine Hahn in this lace-trimmed floral nightdress. Looking amazing. It's very frumpy. I love it. The lace trim made me think, um, when I was in high school... Probably my junior year, the theme for Spirit Week was heroes and villains. And so I had like different hero and villain dress up days at school. And then they ended with the homecoming dance. And I was like, they should be continuing the theme. Yeah. So I took my bathrobe, pinned lace to all of the seams, and went as Ron Weasley wearing dress robes to the homecoming dance. And it was excellent. If you say so. It was great. People loved it. Yeah. So they bring her to a meeting. Like, they force her out of her apartment, they bring her to their staff meeting, which they say is 15 minutes away, so does Catherine Hahn live in the same building as the magazine? I believe so. I think it's one of those things where, like, the magazine is like a bodega on the street level, and Catherine Hahn lives in her apartment above it. It's the only way the timing of this whole scene makes sense. Yeah. So they go to their staff and it's meeting. It's kind of like in Kahunaho, where the guy lives above Grand Central Station. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And while they're there, Catherine Hahn starts crying, they explain the situation 
situation to their boss, and their boss is like, all right, you can't do it, but who wants to turn her horrible experience into a column? Yeah, and so then Andy's like, oh, what if we did a column where it's like, how to lose a guy in 10 days? Ding! Title drop! So her premise is like, instead of writing it like, here's how to get a person not run away from you. Instead, frame it as like, here's all the crap that women do that chases men away. Oh, yeah, because this is movie's whole premise is that women drive or keep men. Like, there's no male agency in relationships in this film. Correct. It's all reaction to women's actions. Yeah, because women are mysterious and wild creatures. So for this article, Andy will have to find a dude start a immediate relationship with him and drive him away within this 10 day period. Right. 10 days because that's when their publishing deadline is. Yes. But I also, I gotta say, this is a petty thing. I hate that the title is styled with 10 as a number instead of T-E-N. Really? It's just a pet peeve of mine. It is not the way that you're supposed to style things in written English. And it very much annoys me to have to write it for all the stuff for this. See, this movie commits so many other sins that I really didn't pick up on that one at all. See, I wrote the script. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to type that a bunch of times. Okay. Because I'm yeah. neurotic enough that I insist on typing it the way that it is styled, but hate the way that it's styled. Yeah. So while all this is being set up, at the same time, they're also setting up Matthew McConaughey, Ben Barry. Ben Barry. It's I like that name. I'm not here for Andy Anderson. I like Ben Barry. Yeah, but the fact that it's Andy Anderson and Ben Barry is A-B? atrocious. The fact that there's two alliterative See, names. The letters A and B, they're next to each other. It's unforgivable. <laughs> so Ben Barry is a ad executive. Right. Um, played by Matthew McConaughey. At a firm that seems to have six workers. Yes. And two of them are like just adoring fans of Ben Barry. Yeah, two of them's only job seems to be... Like, to hype him up. Hype him up. Where they're like, oh, you're the best. They're just, like, fawning over him all the time. Like Sandra Oh in The Princess Diaries. One of them is uh, Thomas Lennon. Yeah, and the other one is... Um, the other one is Adam Goldberg, who is the guy in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that everyone forgets. He's in a bunch of other stuff, too. Oh, yeah. That's just what I recognized him from. Yeah, so their job is just to hang out and hype him up. And he does a lot of ad work on, like, sports stuff. Sports. Very manly things, but they're trying to get the account for a jeweler, specifically diamonds. Yeah. Like diamond jewelry. K or anything, but DeLauer, who is obviously De Beers. Right. Like the family that controls the The diamond supplier industry. Yeah. Which also doesn't really need to advertise to the public. No, they need to advertise to companies. They sell to the companies. Yeah. So he shows up to do the ad pitch and he's like, what if the ad pitch is we're going to have women buy themselves diamonds? (gasps) He comes up with that later, though, right? No, it's it's from the beginning. He oh, it's just fine. He just finds the way to actually like phrase it, right? Later. And so he's like, "We're gonna have women buy themselves diamonds." And they're like, "Women don't want to buy themselves diamonds," but they're also not paying attention to him. They're like, "Please, you don't know anything about what women want. You can't advertise to women." He's like, "I know exactly what women want. Women are falling in love with me all the time." I'm Matthew McConaughey. So he's competing with the two characters who I think I support most, who are the two Judies, because they are women doing their best to get their own in the workforce. Yeah, and, and just like might, making yeah. a case for like, 
here is what we think about this business that we work in. Right. And, you know, they make some weird decisions with this whole bet thing. This is an insane way to run a business. Oh, yeah. I was never off board with the Judys. So what they do is they agree that he can run the ad campaign for DeLorean. He can make the pitch to the He can make the pitch to the company. Yeah. If... He can prove that he really understands women by getting one to fall in love with him and come to this big party that they're throwing. Yeah, where the boss will be able to tell. Right. He's a mysterious love guru. He is the love guru. Who can tell. Okay, but like, seriously. What if it was the love guru? Mike Myers. Yeah, Mike Myers on a blanket. Yeah. No, seriously though, this whole thing, I was just like, he could easily just pay someone and you would never know. Exactly. But their boss, Warner, played by Robert Klein, is just like, I'll know because I am the love guru. So I'll yeah. figure it out. So we, what we have are these two different challenges going forward. And Kate Hudson, Andy, has to lose a guy in 10 days. Matthew McConaughey has to make a girl fall in love with him and take her to this party. And they will never interact in the movie. They're going to meet two completely different people. They're going to work their games on those different people. And we're just going to follow two separate, never intersecting tracks. Oh, 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 but this is where the Judys step in. (laughs) So the Judys were making the pitch for their diamond campaign to Composure magazine. Oh, by the way, I want to note. In the composure pitch meeting, it is all women except for one man who is very much coded as gay. Oh, yeah. It's the same as 13 going on 30, essentially. Yeah. So they're meeting with B.B. Newirth, whose name I forget. It doesn't matter. She's in, like, four scenes. Yeah. So they introduce her, the Judys, they introduce them to Andy Anderson and explain the column. By this point, I wrote in my notes, this is tiresome. Yes. We are maybe 20 minutes into the movie. It's almost two hours. I just wrote, this is tiresome. Because from here, you're just like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. They got these separate bets. They're going to go. Their bets are going to intersect. They're going to be manipulating each other. Then they're going to fall in love for real. Then they're going to find out they're both tricking each other. They're going to be upset. They're going to get back together. It's like, come on. There's the entire plot of the movie. I have to watch two hours of this? Yeah. If this movie was 90 minutes, it would be, would be so much more so tolerable. Much better. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so the Judys recognize her at the bar because it happens to be at the same bar, obviously. And they choose her as the person he has to make fall in love with him because they know she's going to do things to drive him away. Right. So they are the puppet masters behind this whole thing. Yes. So they meet, they have this incomprehensible conversation. What was that? So I had no Matthew McConaughey goes there. up to Kate Hudson. They have this incomprehensible conversation where they're just saying like one word back and forth to each other, but it means something to them or maybe it doesn't because they both have ulterior motives here. So they have no interest in communication that has meaning behind it. Yeah. From there, they go out, they get dinner. She like gorges on a big lobster, which is important because she eats animals. See? Yeah. She eats a big lobster. Then they go back to his place. She goes into the bathroom He's trying to find music. First song he turns on is It's Getting Hot in Here. Yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? Oh, you did miss the most relatable moment in this movie to me, which is after she leaves to go talk to him, she hands her friend her drink. So there's a woman standing there holding two martinis, and she just goes, drama, 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 which is me every time I go out with Claire. 
I was just like, this is the best moment of this movie. Nothing will top this. That was too early. It was too early. Drama, drama, drama. So they go out, they go back to his place and they're making out and they keep like going to make out and then they're like, no, it's too fast. And they're going to make out. No, it's too fast. Make out. Oh, no, but it's he does switch the music to let's stay together. Yes. So it is not, it's getting hot in here. So take off all your clothes. Yeah. The whole time. Is this when she nicknames his penis? No. Okay. Because this is when she's still trying to be the cool girl. Oh, right, right, right. And here she's being, like, she's trying to be the cool girl while she's like, ah, I work at Composure. And he's like, oh, this fast-growing women's magazine, that's really cool. And I think one of the things that is interesting about Ben's character is that he is, like, obviously the movie's gonna, like, use this to be a thing. But, like, he is legitimately, even though, like, he has this motive, like, legitimately really interested in who she is. Yeah. In that first scene. He's like, wow, what you do is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And like I, ne- I never he watching it thought that that was fake. About it yeah. Or anything. Yeah. So like he has this motive, but he's not being obnoxious about it. I mean, he's obnoxious because it's Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Who is good in dramatic roles. Yes. But I never understood him as like <laughs> rom com rom com male lead. No, he is no James Marsden. If we have to pull someone from the same period. Yeah. This brings us to point two, right? Point number two. So this is basically the height of the scam. Right. With them tricking each other. So, like, the next day, the NBA finals are going on. It's Knicks versus Kings, which is a hilarious finals to imagine these days. Yeah, so she leaves her purse with the tickets oh, right. at his place. Right, because she's been flirting with a Sports Illustrated editor. Yeah. And so he sent her the tickets, like, hey, NBA finals tickets. So she leaves the tickets as an enticement. He calls her saying, like, oh, you left this purse subconsciously. Clearly you want me to go to the game. She was originally planning on bringing her friend who had no interest, so she was not upset to lose the ticket. They go together. And this is where she pulls her first move. Right, because, again, her goal is to drive him away. So she has to do, like, annoying things. Yeah. So, for example, when there's a minute and nine seconds left, she's, like, begging him to please go get her a soda. Yeah. And so he's, like, trying to watch it on the screen out there while getting this soda. The dude keeps asking him all these questions about the soda slow yeah yeah um they're on the kiss cam and i think the best touch to this was when he came back in time she sent him out again yeah it wasn't diet yeah that was clever on kate hudson's part yeah so then like they're going on other dates for example they're going to a movie and he tells her she can pick the movie and so they go to see the the marquee at the movie theater just says chick flick night but they're showing sleepless in seattle and He says it's his favorite movie, so she's like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? Yeah. How could a man like a rom-com? Yeah, but clearly... I mean, this movie is trying to make me not like rom-coms. I know. Oh. She, like, gets in a whole tiff while they're watching the movie. She's like, what are you you thinking about? Who are you thinking about? And he's like, I'm thinking about the movie. I love this movie. And she's like, no, you can't watch Meg Ryan for two hours without thinking about some girl. So she gets in some, like, big tiff, which annoys the dude who's sitting behind them because he's trying to focus on the movie. And so then Matthew McConaughey gets in a fight with that dude and gets punched. And then he, like, she's comforting him, and he basically just starts nuzzling her boobs. Yeah. And she's laughing, and Nick just says, that's not endearing. It's creepy. It's weird. Which is the best line this movie could have gone with. I think that was on the poster. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing, is like, the whole time you're watching this relationship, you're just like, these are two people both tricking each other. With no chemistry. And this isn't like... And just like, there's no positive motive in any of this. So you're not rooting for anybody. Yeah. You're just watching this all happen. I'm rooting for the Judys. I want them to get this contract. <laughs> I'm rooting for Catherine Hahn. Yeah, I 
obviously, I'm always rooting for Catherine Hahn in movies and, and in real life. life because she should get her own movie. She's great. I mean, season two of Transparent was almost a Catherine Hahn movie. That's true. I'm totally blanking. I was going to say something about... Anyway, so this movie, oh. you don't root for anybody because yeah. there's nothing to make you want to root for anybody. Right. And there's no chemistry between the two of them. And I don't mean like the characters are acting to not have chemistry. I literally just felt no chemistry. Yeah, no, there's just so little to grab onto. And they're just like doing, especially Kate Hudson, just like doing crazy things because they need to push it. But like, it's all, it all just feels random. Right. For starters, she refers to Ben as her boyfriend now. This is day two. Yeah. Um. The next day he invites her over for dinner. Uh, his strategy is that this time he can have the game on so he can still watch the NBA finals. Right. Because, you know, she showed that she's interested by having tickets. Right. So he'll make dinner, put on the finals. Um, while he is finishing up dinner, she has brought over a box of like stuffed animals and bathroom stuff and just basically kind of moves into his apartment. She puts a new blanket over his bedspread. Yeah. Stuffed animals everywhere. But then she like starts crying because she announces she's a vegetarian and she can't eat the food that he cooked. She starts singing Mary Had a Little Lamb when he tries to serve her lamb shanks and so then instead they go to a vegetarian restaurant where she starts crying again she tells the waiter that she's crying because her boyfriend thinks she's fat but the whole time she's watching the game back in the kitchen when right. she says she's in the bathroom and she's like cheering with the kitchen staff yeah so they go back to his place and he like tries to turn on the game i guess it's on dvr uh, yeah. or tivo and she like knows what's gonna happen which is a suspicious moment that never comes back. Yeah. But then they, like, start making out, like, they're gonna have sex. She nicknames his penis. Princess Sophia. Princess Sophia, which freaks him out. He loses his erection because his penis is being referred to as a lady. Yeah. He also calls his penis his member the entire time. No one in this movie ever says the word penis. Nope, not once. It's very weird how uncomfortable everyone is with the word. Yep. So then we just get a whole sequence of, like shenanigans of her trying to drive him away so she buys him a purse dog she buys him a purse dog. is its name krull yes okay i i think it's krull but i don't think it's a reference to the movie krull, i wasn't sure but it might be but we really need to watch that movie yeah for we real. do um, um she also she gives him a fern she says it's their love fern right. and it represents their relationship which and, is kind yeah. of a funny idea for a better movie yeah I like the love fern, because then there's a whole thing about, like, how the love fern isn't doing so well. He's probably not watering it. And she's like, are you going to let our love fern die? Are you going to let our relationship die? Which Matthew McConaughey. She wants to happen. Right. That's the thing. is That's that's the lie. She yeah. wants that. So, like, she shows up to poker night, and when he's playing poker with his, his dudes. his weekly guys night. Yeah. And her friends are like, you're letting him have a guy's night? That's not going to drive him away. Yeah, because she was originally not going to go. She shows up. She's annoying. Blah, blah, blah. Eventually, he breaks up with her. Before Poker Night, for example, oh, he unveils the slogan for his ad campaign. Oh, God, which is horrible. His diamond slogan ad campaign is, frost yourself. Because diamonds are frosty. Yeah. The snowman. Was a jolly happy At one soul. point, the boss is really into it, and at one point, he yells, Hey, New York, go frost yourself out the window. And a random woman yells back, Go frost yourself, asshole. <laughs> so, hashtag go frost yourself, official hashtag of the episode. <laughs> but honestly, frost yourself is a dreadful ad campaign for diamonds. I don't know what it means. I guess it's like diamonds are called ice. Yeah, and so the idea is like, don't wait for someone else to frost you frost yourself right and the commercial they show at the end is also terrible it's kind of funny it's kind of funny just because it is deloren the like old woman who 
husband that owns all the diamond mines. Right. And the two of them clearly swing. Yes. Which I So she and Matthew McConaughey have great chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> so it's her with like two hunky men on the sides. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, ladies, frost yourself. And the two men like disappear into snowflakes. And she's just like wearing this elegant red dress and a bunch of diamonds. Oh, God. So then like she like leaves him messages all the time. She's constantly calling him. She goes over one day with a photo album where she has done Photoshop composites of what their children would look like. Yeah. She made a wedding album. The children look horrifying. That's like kind of funny. I'm like, this is a clever idea. Right. You just don't care about any of the characters. Yeah. Because they both enter as just like, I don't care about this either. So why should I get invested in a relationship that they are not invested in? Yeah. And she calls his mom to get the pictures and she's like friends with his mom. She's like the phone. Yeah. She's like talking to mom on the phone. He's like, oh, I thought we could stand and watch the game. And she's like, no, I've got front row tickets. Like you're going to be able to see the sweat. And he's like, great, let's do it. But it's not the basketball game. It's the Celine Dion concert. I like that they walk out in matching tour shirts. Yes. That's funny. As my heart will go on plays. Yeah. So it's the next night that they do the right poker night. It's been seven days. Yes. And so he and his dudes are just playing poker. She shows up. He's like forcing them to eat cucumber sandwiches and like holding tissues out to blow, so he can blow his nose. Forcing them to put their cigars yeah, out. Yeah, she does this like aggressive coughing fit. Very because, bridge. Because they're cigars. <laughs> it reminded me of Fiona, hashtag Fifi Fierce, because whenever she is near someone who is smoking a cigarette, hashtag Fifi Fierce will aggressively cough to try to make that person feel bad. That would never work. No, it doesn't work. Uh, it's also, you might say, a lie. Yeah. Because she does not actually need to cough. Yeah. So it's after this that he's like, what the heck? Yes, apparently the love fern is dying. They have this huge fight. And he's like, what happened to the cool, serious, sexy journalist that I liked? Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, so she leaves. But his bros are encouraging him to go after her. They're like, dude, you got to get her to fall in love with you to bring her to this party. Why do they care? Because they're like they're going to get money. All they do is hype him up. They what are there to their support. Job? Their job is ego boost for Matthew McConaughey. Ugh, it's so annoying. I was just like, why do you guys care that he gets this contract? You're not going to make money off of it. Yeah. So one of them is like, my wife and I do couples counseling. And so he like jumps out of the building, like runs down the fire escape to catch her on the street. And he's like, I don't want to lose you. What if we did couples counseling? And at this point, like, she's really annoyed because she's like, I had pulled this off. Yeah. I had lost the guy. And now he's still in somehow. Right. Also, the guy who suggested says, every time my wife wants to divorce me, we go to couples counseling. (laughs) I was like, clearly you guys should be divorced if your wife wants to divorce you this many times. I love how pathetic he is. He's pathetic in every role. Oh, yeah. So... They go to couples counseling, and by couples counseling, they have Catherine Hahn pretend to be a therapist. In best part of the movie, moment, yeah. best part of the movie for sure. And so there's a whole thing where like Kate Hudson is talking about how Ben has an erectile dysfunction issue because he couldn't get it up when his penis was called Princess Sophia. Then they're like, "Oh, so how long have you known you're gay?" Then later on, Kate Hudson is accusing him of flirting with everyone he sees, including Catherine Hahn, which would be more fun yeah and so then he's talking about how like she's been like calling up his family and that's weird and she's like oh i can't be a part of your family life and he's like be a part of my family life come to staten island we're there all the time spend the weekend there and Catherine hans like that's a great idea and so then that brings us to point number three the family visit 
Oh, one great part is she charges for the therapy. <laughs> she like, charges him 300 bucks. What would actually happen? And he just pays Catherine Hot 300 bucks. Yeah. Which does actually come back. Yeah, later. when he finds out that she's just one of Kate Hudson's friends, he's like, You owe me $300. <laughs> which I did appreciate, but I thought that was a really funny touch that she was here to get paid. Yeah, no, I love, uh, I love Catherine Hot in that scene. She's oh, great. Yeah. So, point number three Shades of Kalhonaho, they ride the ferry. <laughs> to visit his family yeah i wrote in my notes going to the family home finally gonna move the plot forward thank god yeah this is like an hour and a 20 minutes in or something who even knows there's been no plot momentum forward for the past hour it's so bad so they go to a regular old staten island neighborhood tree-lined streets family houses one kid playing basketball who says hi ben yeah. Because we cannot have anything that didn't walk out of, like, leave it to Beaver. Right. So then his parents and his uncle are playing bullshit, the card games. So yeah, this is the most yelling. intense game of BS I've ever seen. Yeah. Who cares? This is a game that high schoolers play because they don't have any money to play poker with. Right. So they're playing bullshit on the deck, so you just hear in the background people yelling bullshit. And it's, like, super intense, and they have, like, long-running family scores that they keep track of. So they're walking in, and they're like, all these nieces and nephews running around and ben is really good with them and we see kate hudson being like ah oh, he's really good with kids like that's an endearing quality yeah, there's finally the moment where it's like this is the first time that there's been any genuine genuine connection between the two of them right and then like they join in the bs game yeah. and they're like having a good time and she beats him and family's like yeah somebody finally beat ben and, and she, then yeah. kate hudson is like oh we're all of his other girlfriends bad at bs and they're like you're the first girl he's ever brought home yeah because all he does is sleep with women once and move on because that's what happens when you're a man in a rom-com that's right he's got the i assume he's got the patrick dempsey maid of honor rules and then at this point she's just entirely stopped trying to drive him away yeah this sequence now we have abandoned the premise of the movie yeah and it's now just like a different movie on staten island right so then they like he teaches her how to drive the motorcycle because of course he has a motorcycle and then they get splashed by a truck so they finally have sex in the shower which for the first time if you're having sex with a new person terrible idea shower is not the right place to do it we see them like making out in the bathroom and then they take off their clothes and they climb into the shower so we technically don't know they had sex that's but i believe we're meant to understand that they had sex yeah then from there we get a montage of them on the ferry headed back to manhattan they're really into each other they're like snuggling up and it ends with them back in manhattan where he invites her to the party and he's like and you should come as my girlfriend yeah and then he also has tickets for the basketball game on day 13. Yes. Which is enticement to stay together. Yeah, because she's like, that would be our 10th day together. Because for her, she's got to do this math in their head. Because oh, she's got to write the thing. Be, yeah. yeah. So she's like, that'd be the 10th day. And he's like, sure would be. Keep day 13 open and be a finals tickets. Right. Which are easy to come by. Yeah. So that takes us to point number four. The betrayal. Kate Hudson goes into work and she tells her boss she can't write the story anymore because she met this guy and she got to know this guy and like, I can't do this anymore. And her boss is like, you're a professional. Write the story. And here's my question. Why can't she pretend the guy and she and the guy broke up? Why does she have to break up with him? Who would know? I know. Also, at this point, the I just work from the point when they originally broke up on day seven. Right. And the thing is, at this point, the only way for her to get him to break up with her is to tank his career, which feels like a breach of journalistic ethics. And it's effectively what she tries to do. Right. So now we're at the party. 
They go to the party together. They have, like, rented diamonds. Yeah, they have, like, diamonds all over the place. Like, diamonds that you can just wear at the party. The theme is frost yourself. All the food is frosted. Gross. All the tips are frosted. Hashtag frost those tips. I hate this movie. (laughs) So they're at the party. And, oh, by the way, we also learned that diamond ads are going to be paying for the next issue of Composure. Yeah. Ooh, more intersections. Yeah. Because there are only two companies in New York. (laughs) So Mr. DeLauer, three, because there's the diamonds, the the advertising, and the magazine. Yeah. So Mr. DeLauer is flirting with her. Mrs. DeLauer is flirting with him. She's wearing this weird feathered red wig. Mrs. DeLauer is crushing it. Yeah, she's great. You could see Sarah Paulson wearing her wig in Down With Love. Yeah. So she meets the boss. She meets Warren, and she's not able to say that she's not in love with him. To the boss. To the boss. He's like, are you in love with him? And she's like, um, we don't know each other that well. And he's like, but are you in love with her? Um, uh, don't tell Ben. Because she's incapable of lying after lying for a week. I know. Oh, my God. So then he goes goes back to Ben, and he's like, all right, she's in love with you. Get ready to pitch. Yeah. You're going to be doing this. He's, meanwhile, in this, like, oh, my God, she's in love with me, shell shock state. And then the Judys are like, we've still got to sabotage this because we can't allow Go Frost Yourself to be the ad campaign. Because it's, a, I really think that they're like, this is a terrible ad campaign. It's a terrible idea. We can't let this stand. I mean, they were against him before he came up with that. Yeah. But it's gotten so much worse. As I said, I'm still on board for them. I don't see them as the villains like this movie is trying to paint them. So they tell Ben's cronies yeah. that... Andy was playing along in order to help the bet. Essentially, what my idea for what I would have done. Right, which is exactly. Pay someone. And so they're like, oh, that was smart. Ben's a smart dude. So they go up to her and they're like, yo, thanks for doing this. If Warren talks to you anymore, you got to still play along. Which, like, seems like if she were playing along, that would be obvious. But they're yeah. like, you got to keep playing along. It'll be okay. And she's like, oh, so this was all fake. Oh, no. I was really into this relationship that I was faking for the whole time, and now how could he fake it? Meanwhile, across the room, the editor-in-chief of Composure is talking to Ben, and Ben's like, I gotta go talk to that lady. And the editor-in-chief is like, oh, that's my how-to girl. She writes my how-to columns. Explains the whole thing. And she's like, right now, she's working on how to lose a guy in ten days. She's done horrible things to this man. I don't know how he's putting up with it. And he's like, oh. Which, and then... She's like, oh, wait, you're that man because he's the one that was walking over to give her a drink. Clearly her date at the party. Right. I don't know how B.B. Newworth is that dumb. So then they're both mad at each other. Band is about to start playing. We got a full Jennifer Aniston and 30 Rock moment. Yeah. Kate Hudson runs up and she's like, Ben did a great job. He's so excited by this. And now he wants to sing for you. So he goes up and he's like, oh, Kate Hudson, don't run away. You're going to sing a duet with me. And they play You're So Vain. They sing it dreadfully while also shouting the plot of the movie at each other. I am glad that they actually sing poorly because I was just like, is this going to be a moment where they actually sing together? And that like makes them fall in love love. that would have been actually i would have enjoyed that more yeah so they are angry they sing shouting at each other it's very bad they walk outside they yell at each other and she leaves yeah which takes us to point number five when her article is published and her boss is like hmm this is not what i expected But I love it! It's better! And so she's like, now you can write whatever you want, because you've had one hit! Yeah. You have free reign. And she's like, great, so I can write about peace in Tajikistan? And she's like, not that! And it's like, but politics and religion and poverty. It's like, no, not those things. Write about the stuff that is what our magazine is about. You know, 
what our magazine is about. And Kate Hudson is like, thank you for the offer. It makes it very easy to refuse. And she leaves. Which, why Fine. did she do that before? Exactly. She does have a master's in journalism from Columbia. She's a published in composure. And here's the thing. She like, could do better. If you want to work there, fine. That's cool. Matthew McConaughey respects it. Yeah. He's like, that's a cool job. But she doesn't want to work there, right. clearly. <laughs> yeah. So the article, though, is all about how, like, I tried to do this thing, but then I fell in love with the dude, but I had to break up with him because I was writing a stupid article. I lost the only man I've ever fallen for is one of the right. whole quotes. So meanwhile, over at the ad shoot, Matthew McConaughey's like watching them shoot the ad and he's like, this is a great ad. And they're like, hey, you should read this article. He's like, I don't want to read that article. She can go frost herself. And they're like, no, you, you got to read it. And so he reads it. He's like, oh. So he hops in a motorcycle and he chases her. She's in a cab and they're going down a bridge. Because she's moving to Washington, the only place that to you write, can about, write politics. about politics. She lives in New York I City. Like, you live in goddamn New York City. Yeah. If you can't find a job there to write about politics, you're not going to find one in Washington, D.C. Yeah. So he chases her on the bridge. He's like peering in different cabs to see which one she's in. They get the cab to pull over on the bridge. Uh, one of the most dumb things to do. Yeah. So then he's like, did you mean this? Or was it just to sell magazines? And she's like, I meant it. And he's like, all right then, we're together now. And so he's like, take her stuff back to her apartment. She's got her own ride. And he gives her a fern and that's the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. and they call, they bring back the uh, calling bullshit thing. Yeah. Because nothing's cuter than callbacks that are expletives. They also keep saying Washington, which I was yeah. Like, no one ever says Washington. Yeah, they it's would weird. say DC. I was like, why is she moving to Washington State to write about politics? It She's really into me, corruption in Seattle. <laughs> it really took me a second to figure out she meant DC. Yeah. So they end, they have a fern, they're on a motorcycle together. Thank God we're done. It only took two hours to get there. Alright, so do you think Ben and Andy are dateable? No. No, of course not. They're both Ben is more dateable than Andy. Yeah. But still not really. But uh, not He's a little bit. I don't think either of you them could, are. No, both of them are willing to do this ludicrous thing. <laughs> yeah. Is do, the problem. Do you think it's believable? No, of yep. course not. At no stage is this believable. So where would you rate it? Like a one. Yep. This is terrible. Good. And this is different from like, what did we call a fun one? Was that Down With Love? I think Down mean? With Love, we called it a fun one. Oh, I think This so. is no fun one. This is no fun one. This is an unfun one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, they would never have done these things. She could have just lied in the article. Yeah. She could have gotten another job. Keep in mind, it's still been only like 10, 10 days. days, which is a shorter time frame than while you were sleeping. <laughs> a three. Uh, we oh should watch God. that again. Let's just do that again. Let's do it. Round two. Okay. Um, Down with Love was so good. Down with Love was great. If you had to pick one person in this movie to date, who would it be? Catherine Hahn. Correct. <laughs> oh, Catherine Hahn gets her guy back. She does. At the end of the movie, the dude comes back and he's like, the way I felt for that week was the best that I felt. And I want to feel that way again. And she's like, me too. And they make out and leave. Yeah. That's great. Well, for Catherine Hahn. Maybe the other best friend who's the one that just held two martinis and said, drama, drama, drama. I liked her, too. Yeah. Um, she was the even more classic best friend in a rom-com, because yes. she had no independent arc. <laughs> she had no plot Catherine at all. Catherine Hahn had her own plot. Kind of. Kind of. She had two scenes. 
somewhat constituting a plot. Uh, yeah, but one of them was irrelevant uh, to her plot line. Yeah, that's true. So, do you think Ben and Andy would stay together? No. I have no idea. Probably not. They're not real people, so it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah. But, All I right. mean, obviously, they're not real people, but, like... But especially. Yeah. Um, I think that does it. Yeah, let's stop talking let's about stop this movie. Let's stop talking about Sorry. it. Sorry. You know what? I was going to apologize to Caitlin for us not liking this. She should apologize to us <laughs> for making us watch this. Again, I think that if this movie was 90 minutes and they cut out... At least a, a, couple, minutes. a chunk of the dating stuff could go. We don't need to see the everything. same thing of her being crazy over and over again. We didn't need the whole thing where she like stole in quotes the big fancy diamond. That was unnecessary. Five minutes. Oh yeah, that was dumb. So I was watching from the big this. party. She like runs out and yeah. she's still wearing this diamond necklace. I was spending the whole time thinking of ways that you could chop this movie to make it better because there were some amusing things where she was being the yeah like bad girlfriend. It was just. Too much. Just too much. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, before we go, on last week's episode, I was asking Fiona to explain the plot of the Princess Diaries novels to us. And she wasn't really able to give me anything. She was just like, there's stuff that you wouldn't talk to a sixth grader about. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. So, luckily, listener Rachel R. sent us a series of book reports detailing the plots of every Princess Diaries book. This thing is well over a thousand words. Oh my god. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna break it down and just do one book an episode. We're gonna make this kind of a recurring feature. Great. Um, hashtag PD summaries. Yeah. If you have a better hashtag for that, hit me up. But this now is, according to again, listener Rachel R., The Princess Diaries. So, for starters, um, it's mostly similar to the movie, but none of the Josh stuff happens. There is no boat called the Josher, which is the name of his boat. Um, They live in New York. Her dad is still alive. They told her she was a princess, not because he was dead and they needed an heir, but because he got testicular cancer and the treatment sterilized him. So he couldn't have any further heirs. So it would have to be Mia. The previous hope had been that he would get married and produce um, some other heir. She had grown up earlier believing that he was just some high-level European politician. Meanwhile, her mom is dating not her weird public speaking or maybe social studies teacher, but her algebra teacher, Mr. Gianni. And at first, like, the friendship between Mia and Lily falls apart. So Mia becomes friends with a girl named Tina because they both have bodyguards. Because Tina's dad is an oil sheik. So, great. Um... Tina is a major character throughout the series. Also, she and Lily end up being friends by the end of this book. The grandmother is pure evil, like way worse than Julie Andrews, which is crazy because Julie Andrews is awful in The Princess Diaries. If she were not Julie Andrews, we would hate her. Grandmother also likes to get chemical face peels and chain smokes menthol cigarettes. Mia is madly in love with Michael, who is friends with her. Like they actually joke around and instant message each other sometimes because it's the late 90s and they have a real friendship that doesn't consist of him just staring at her. And she's the one who's madly in love with him. There's a dance at the end of the book where I believe they don't dance, but they have a nice and meaningful conversation. Not really a plot point about the book, but a recurring thing throughout all the books, Mia has so much more personality than in the movie. For example, she's a huge Star Wars fan, which is interwoven into a lot of things. She's a hardcore vegetarian and animal lover. She's a little self-deprecating, but very witty. Maybe I'm thinking too much about the later books, but she definitely isn't just Lily's sidekick, which I think is how the movie portrays her. Also, Michael has a great personality and isn't just Lily's weird older brother. So I feel like I already know a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so we're going to keep doing this hashtag PD summaries. Thanks again to Rachel for sending us these. Uh, I've skimmed ahead a little bit uh, and they get weirder. So that's very exciting. There's like 12 of these. Oh, yeah. So great. 
That's PD summary number one. Next week, we're going to leave the 2000s, which Thank we haven't goodness. done for a little while. Yeah, I mean, especially Maid of Honor, man. Yeah, and so we're going to do a movie that's a little different from what we've been talking about. We're doing Mike Nichols' 1996 film, The Birdcage. Which I've never seen. Me neither. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Nathan Lane and um, Robin Williams as flamboyant gay couple. That's what I want. It's going to be great. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Until then, of course, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Heart of Podness, and you can email us questions or movie suggestions or maybe you read this book and you want to send us a summary of it at heartofpodness at gmail.com make sure you rate review and subscribe because it helps other people discover the show all right mark last question what is the best piece of dating advice you got from this movie how about don't go into a relationship planning to lie the entire time i was going to say get one of your friends to play a psychiatrist who then is able to take your relationship to the next level i think she was portraying a therapist i don't know if she was going Sorry. full psychiatrist yes. Yes, but my point stands. Yeah. Okay. Until next time, I'm gay. And I'm a ginger, which means between the two of us, we know everything there is to know about romance. Bye. Bye. Was a jolly happy soul with a corn cob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Frosty the snowman is a fairy tale they say. He was made of snow, but the children.